when it comes to the law of attraction, a lot of times people just think from the secret, like I just think it and it comes, that's it. That's all I have to do. And that's partially true. I won't say that's not because what you attract in your life is the most pressing thought that you think of all the time. But there's another part to that. It's the most pressing thought you do that has the most emotional charge. Welcome back to the Mindset Mastery Podcast. Today, we have Dr. Vic Manzo on the show to talk to us about using your mindset to achieve success and create a life you love. Dr. Vic is a certified pediatric and family wellness chiropractor, transformational mindset coach, inspirational speaker, and author of two books, which we will talk about a little later. We'll be diving into breaking psychological barriers, universal laws, neuro reprogramming and other mindset techniques that Dr. Vic uses for himself and with his clients to achieve what they desire. It all starts with harnessing the power of our own mindset. What we focus on is what we will attract. To talk about this further, I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Vic Manzo to the show. And Vic, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to dive into so many of these topics, but to start with, where did this all start for you? How did you really get into the mindset space yourself? Well, I think it was at 12 years old. And I didn't say, I didn't say at 12, like this is what, you know, my, I'm going to get into the mindset, but at 12 years old, I always felt like I, I told my mom one day that I'm going to figure out life. And I said, one day I'm going to figure out how this life works. And it was always an interest to me, but then, you know, you kind of, I kind of fell away from it for a while. And it wasn't until I got into chiropractic school where I, I wanted to understand more in depth, like why is it that some people are successful while some aren't? Why is it in athletes and sports, you see some athletes like Michael Jordan, how, how do they become? Or like a Michael Jackson in music, like, is it just talent? That's what I, I was always taught that in the beginning, right? It's just talent. They're just gifted. God given them this talent and that's why they are where they are. And then, so for me, that never really sounded right. I was like, no, because then what if I don't have talent? So then it means I can't achieve that level. That just doesn't make sense. Or, you know, why are people financially successful versus some aren't? And that's where I started to look at different things and say, well, what, where's the common denominator? Where's like the, like the basis to all things? Like it puts us all on the same playing field. And it took me a little bit of time, but that's where, when I was like going to school to become a chiropractor, I was also learning energy medicine, quantum physics, you know, spiritual laws, starting to learn like, okay, what's out there? Cause you know, when you get into spirituality, that's a very right brain side intuition and feelings and emotions. And I'm more of a, I'm, I'm more, uh, well, I'm more balanced now, but I used to be more left brain dominant where it's like, well, I want reason. I want logic. I want the science. I want that to be able to prove. And so what was interesting about that was I would look at the, 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 the spiritual laws and universal laws, and I would tie it in and pull it to left brain science to back up things that I looked at. And when it came down to it, I realized after studying people like Michael Jordan and all the great athletes and billionaires and millionaires, I found out they're no different than us. And it all comes from their mindset and how they see things, how they view things. So I started to apply techniques that I learned in my life because I don't come from money. I, I, my parents, are, you know, they're, they're, they're blue collar. And I was like, well, I, I want to learn how can I change my stars? Because my destiny was going to be that. So I was like, how can I change that? And so I applied all these techniques and did all these things. And it wasn't a smooth road, but long story short, I got to a level in my life where I started to understand, I feel like I got something here. And of course, life is always going to, when you feel like you have it, then you don't anymore. But it's one of the things where I, I started to apply techniques. I started looking at looking at, well, if I became a chiropractor and I know so much about the brain, 
well, let me go back and look at what I know about the brain and how does that play a role in things, laws of neurology and functional neurology. So I started to see clues and it just started, all these little pieces came together and I was like, oh my God, I have something here where it's, it's clear as day and I'm just, I'm good at patterns so I can see one thing and I can see it connect to other things. And that was my kind of my journey into what I'm doing now because I was able to change and shift my entire life from just looking at my mindset. And from that perspective, all of a sudden now I've been able to do that for others and so many. Mm, that's awesome. So what is it about having the right mindset? Like we talk about, yes, I mentioned Michael Jordan, like sports people, musicians, and what is the difference in their mindset to say an everyday person that doesn't think that they do have the talent or can achieve what they want to achieve? I say first, number one, you have to believe in yourself, right? You have to have that belief in the mind. You have to have that faith with it. And when I say faith to people, I always say it's not a religious thing. It's not something like that. It's an inner knowing that you're destined for something like that. Michael Jordan was not the most talented player in basketball. There's people that are way more talented than him, but they couldn't play at the level he played right? What is that? And that's a level to accepting, you know, you, you, you have a very high bar for standards. That's number one. You know, you got to be able to challenge yourself. You got to understand that you, you got to keep grinding. And then when I say grinding, I don't mean it like killing yourself working because that goes against everything I teach. It's, it's more of practicing your craft every single day. How do I get better? How do I, how do I sharpen that knife is what I like to say a lot of times. And so these are individuals who have done that work. Tiger Woods is another guy, right? Every time he, when he would miss a shot, in the golf, all of a sudden he would go back and swing that at the end of his day, after playing 18 holes or whatever, how many holes they play in that day, he would go back and shoot that same shot over and over. Michael Jordan had the same tenacity. So there was a level of what they did to things that others did not want to do. And I believe that's what I've seen across the board. You hear it in business all the time. If you want to make higher end money or level up your life, you got to do the things that the other people aren't doing to experience just that. And I think that's one of the clues of many that I looked at, but you have to have that inner belief in yourself to know you're destined for greatness. And then you have to show up every single day doing that work to be as consistent as possible, not looking at a short-term gain because these guys were never about short-term. It was always the long-term that they focused on. And I think when you add a, a few of those things and put that together, um, I can go way more in specifics with that, but that's, that sets up the standard for the difference between good versus greatness. Yeah, fantastic. What if someone doesn't even know where to start? If they've got this big, crazy goal that they see it way out in you know, a year, five years, 10 years time, or it could be ongoing. What if they don't know where to start to get there? What advice do you have? That's a great question. I like that question. For me, it's one of the things that I learned that is you got to create habits or rituals that are going to be built to your success, right? And so what are the things that you can do every single day and be consistent with it, right? This is a neurological principle and it's universal principles too, but we'll go with neurology. So the brain works very simply that as long as I always tell my patients that when we do neural work on them and rewire their brain and stuff, they're like, I'm like, neurology is not fun. It's not sexy. It's not something you're going to be like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing since like Kool-Aid or something. It's a, or the napkin being developed, but it's one of the things where it's just redundant, consistent, showing up, doing the same thing over and over, right? So consistency is key, but if you're starting out doing something, you want to focus on one thing. Too many times I was at fault of this in my career where I'm trying to do everything, right? You're starting something up, don't you have this vision? You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And a lot of times what you're doing is you have to realize you only have a certain amount of energy to give out every day. 
The most successful people in the world, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, all these individuals, Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, they only choose two to three things per day to get done. That's it. It's a top priority list. And that's all they focus on. All their energy goes there. If they have time for other things or other things to do, they do that. But it's mainly they're, they're crystal clear. One to three things per day. That's all they really main focus is. So if you're starting out, that's how crystal clear you want to get. You want to be consistent with it. So if it's showing up in social media, putting posts up or doing stories or whatever that may be, be consistent with it. If it's educating and putting an email newsletter out, be consistent with it. You may not get the attraction you want in the beginning, but it's that consistency and the rituals of what you're going to do on the doing side that is going to build those natural habits of success that sometimes other people don't do. Yeah. I think a key there as well, you talk about it being, it's not sexy. It can get quite boring and monotonous, but when you get to that point where you wake up and you feel like you don't want to do it that day, you've got to want it enough to push through and keep that consistency and also starting small and doing a small task every day instead of something big it takes up 50 percent of your time when you know you've got everything else to do in the day so breaking it down and making it into small tasks for example launching a side hustle when you've still got to go to your nine to five how small can we start these tasks to be able to compound into something that grows really big? I am all about the smaller, the better. And, it, and I wouldn't put a size to it in a certain degree because it's one of the things where it's just that repetition. Just do it, right? Just get into that rhythm of doing, right? It's like uh, Jerry Seinfeld. You guys know who Jerry Seinfeld is with Seinfeld and all that. Just got to make sure. It's one of those things where he was asked the question, like the most, most highest paid comedian in the world. And yet every single day, he still writes a joke every day, every day. He doesn't have to, but he does. Jacob Camfield with uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul Books series. Every day he writes. So it's little stuff like that. He says, how do you write all these books? Everyone always asks him. I just write a little every day. When originally when I was going to write my first book, I I was trying that practice every day. I'm just going to write a little at a time. And it worked for a certain period. Then I was like, I just got to get this over with. And so I just let that take in. But it's one of those things where I call them like you're taking like um, crumbs of the pie. And what you want to do is you want to take a crumb every time. Don't get so hooked on like, I got to get this pie. This is what I want. Instead, just take the crumb, put it in the pie. You know, you're going to, you're going to compound that all together over time. And as long as you keep doing the work over and over, you're going to have this glorious pie crust and then you can put whatever you want in it and you can enjoy the pie that you want. That pie is what you're seeking for, what you're trying to attract. Yeah, that's awesome. We've touched on this a little bit in other episodes, but I want to talk a bit about universal laws and can you give me a bit of an explanation at a basic level, what that's all about and how we can, can use that kind of knowledge? So universal laws are just something that has been shown over time, right? Repetition over time, over time, over time that has happened to be true and they've tested it for eons and it continues to show up as a truth. So once it does that, it turns into law. So there's a gazillion universal laws. I'll go with the most simple one that a lot of people know the secret, right? The law of attraction. That's one. There's different names for it. So law of attraction was how that was, that was the publicized version, but it's also the law of vibration, the law of frequency. But when we get into that concept, everything in life vibrates at a certain frequency. You can look at frequencies as a sense of like hertz or many hertz, things like that. It is everything in life. That's what changes and restructures molecular things from taking lead to gold. There's different frequencies that allow that. And we can go as low as we can or as high as we can when we come to that. But it's those, that's the basics of what a universal law is and just tailoring in law of attraction with that. 
but I can go deeper into different laws. I mean, you, you let me know where you want me to go and I'll take it from there. Yeah, we'll start with law of attraction. Most of us have heard of that before. How do we start to implement this idea into our life and use the law of attraction to achieve the result we want? Awesome. So one of the things about the secret, I actually got to interview one of the people, well, not interview, but I had in conversation with one of the people who were around there, Dr. John Martini. When I was a student, he's a chiropractor. He was speaking. He says, I got 12 spots available for students. You can hang out with me for a few hours. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to even hesitate. And he even shared this. It's one of the things where with the law of attraction, you have to understand that emotions, right? If you think of an emotion, you guys are thinking, let's say the feeling of anger, right? Think of someone who got you angry and so forth. You could feel there's a physiological response to that, right? That's a shift in your vibration that's going lower. It gets heavier, right? And you think about something like a joy or bliss or someone who makes you really happy, right? You start to feel lighter, right? You get this like little buzzly feeling inside you and so forth. That is a physiological response from the shift in your vibration. So when it comes to the law of attraction, a lot of times people just think from the secret, like I just think it and it comes, that's it. That's all I have to do. And that's partially true. I won't say that's not because what you attract in your life is the most pressing thought that you think of all the time. But there's another part to that. It's the most pressing thought you do that has the most emotional charge. And so a lot of times you have to tie in your emotions to what you do, because that's the energy The emotions are energy in motion. So what that does is it creates an energy field. Think of it as like a magnet. You're trying to make this magnet stronger. So the emotions can either repel what you want away and or pull closer towards you stronger and faster. And you have to be crystal clear with these things. So you can't let's say like, I want to be a millionaire. And then a bill comes in, you're going, ah, shoot, you know, here we go, man, here we go again with this bill. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Because you just totally took your energy here and you shifted your focus there. So that's where you want to be crystal clear, have intent with focus, but have the emotions behind it. And the more emotions you can add, good emotions, feeling good. What does it feel like? You know, when you're thinking about something, what does it smell like? How do you feel when you're walking through there? These are things that I used to do when I was in my office, when I was trying to build up my chiropractic office, I would do visualization practices of walking through my office, seeing the effects of the emotions of what my patients are going through but also what I'm going through and what I'm feeling in there and how do I feel on the process and what I'm conversations I'm having. Cause when you start to do that, it is amazing how things will shift. And I can share a lot of stories uh, of how I support, you know, to show some examples of that, but that's the concept of, you know, when, when you're looking at the law of attraction, there's some other things you want to do to it. I think that's good for at the moment, but any questions, let me know. Yeah. Well, I'd like to go into some kind of example and I'll give you a scenario. Say someone has nine to five job that they really want to get out of. Maybe they're really stressed, financial stress, just job pressure. So they've got this goal over here to create an online business, but how do you get out of that place of stress to get to that goal? Cause you know, if you want to make it happen really quick, I think it could be hard to, to be able to reframe that. So what are some tools to do the visualizations so you can Keep the stress to one side, reframe yourself so you can actually focus on achieving that goal with those positive emotions that you talked about. Yeah. So this is going to sound very oversimplified, but I'll go much more in depth with it, but it's where your focus goes is where energy goes and where energy goes is where manifestation grows. Right. So if you're stressed about finances and you're stressed about, you know, I'll look where I'm at now, I want to be this person, but I have a nine to five. 
look where the look just look where the focus is you're putting energy and then there's emotional charge right because i mean i've been in that place before when i was in chiropractic school and i'm just like i want to get out and just live my vision and do what i do it made my experience worse because my attention was away from it was the lack i didn't have so a lot of times when the law of attraction happens a lot of times people are focusing on the lack and what happens is the biggest mistake I have seen when it comes to law of attraction is so many times people are like, but this is where I want to be, or this is where I want to go. And this is that. Well, when you're saying those things, you're focusing, where's your attention at? Where's the focus? The reason why you're saying them is because you're focusing on the lack of what you don't have, right? Instead, you shift gears. What's the easiest way to do is find gratitude, be appreciative for where you are now and understand that it's a journey. It's a process. This isn't something that just happens overnight. So you got to appreciate the nine to five because guess what? Then the universe is going to say, oh, they're finally appreciating this. Now I'm going to want to go ahead and give more of what they want. But when you're not in the state of gratitude, which is a vibrational frequency, which opens the door to abundance, that is going to, when you're not doing that, it's going to repel, it's going to restrict, it's going to shrink, and you're not going to get that gain. So no matter what you do, you can overcome this to a certain degree, but most of the time you're going to have an uphill battle. And I know that personally, because that was me. When I knew all these things, I took my mind to it. I'm like, oh, left brain, here we go. Just do this and everything's going to work out. Oh, emotions, forget about it. And I was burned out every four to six months, couldn't figure out why. And one of the big reasons was, is because I was forcing it and, and not realizing that I had a lack mentality, had a scarcity mentality. And until I shifted that gear, then all of a sudden my life totally transformed because I started to play with the rules. I started going down the path of least resistance rather than the path of most resistance. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are some specific things that you did to get yourself out of the lack mentality? Did you do a gratitude journal or a mindset practice meditation? What was it for you? A blend of things. So first meditation has been one of the biggest things for me. I, I practice meditation every single day, at least 10 to 15 minutes minimum. It's one of the things where when we talk about focus, right? What is meditation? Meditation is a practice of being, staying focused. And so the more you incorporate meditation in your life, the better you can stay focused and centered on what you desire, which is me again, more energy going to where you want, you're going to become more of a magnet to attract. And so that's one of the big things that I utilize a lot. I practice breath work almost every single day where I use many different techniques, but it's kind of to help reset myself. So sometimes I'm not perfect. I tell people all the time, I'm very transparent. Um, I'm not always happy-go-lucky. I'm not always on top of the world with things. You know, even though I, I have a very good mind of like shifting perspective. So even if something quote unquote bad happens, I'll see the good in it. I wrote a whole book on this, but it's one of the things where I have to look at things and say, well, you know what, maybe I just can't overcome this. this is something I'm, it's something a little deeper and difficult, a little bit of like a deeper wound. So I do breath work to help through the process to get my mind to shift. So a lot of these things are neurological practices. Mind, you know, when you practice meditation, you're stimulating a part of your brain up here called the prefrontal cortex, which helps you with future planning. It helps you stay focused and centered. It doesn't let you let the impulses of life get to you. So less distractions mean more of creating what you want. Breathwork does the exact same thing. It just tones the nervous system down. There's a part of your brainstem called the brain pacemaker, uh, a breath pacemaker, sorry. And what it does is it monitors 
your breath and it changes the tone of your nervous system. So that's why sometimes when I'm having these like lower vibrational or heavy emotions, I'll do breath work and they'll calm reset me back. And then all of a sudden I can go ahead and get back to being focused. So those are two practices. Gratitude is a huge one. Every night I, I appreciate all the good that I've experienced. So one of the things in my office, I always ask patients is it's like, they like, you say the same thing over and over. I've been here for five, seven years. They're like, you say the same thing. Yeah. What's good today? Tell me something good today. And so sometimes I'm like, I don't have anything good. Well, all the bad stuff's good too. What is it teaching you? What is it helping you learn, right? So at night, I'm always appreciative of what I went through and the moment I had and also the experience that I had. Whatever that is, I don't put a judgment on it. It's just an experience. So those are the things I've incorporated to help me in this process to kind of make those shifts because you really have to find where your center point is. And you'll know what that is. Some people call it your peace. For me, it's just how do I stay centered where I'm centered and focused, and I'm able to continue to keep my mind on where I want to go. And in the beginning, it wasn't like that. Meditation takes time. Um, these things take time to build these neural connectiveness in the brain and how to shift your brain to different areas. But if you stay consistent with it, it once you make that crossover, life, it, it's different. It becomes a total habit now of your life. And um, now all of a sudden, your thinking processes are like that also. And now it makes it a lot easier to attract whatever it is you're looking for. Mm, yep. Awesome practices there. That's great. Something else I want to talk to you about. This is from one of your recent podcast episodes, and it's the idea of the default brain. And I'll let you explain what that's all about, but that really, really caught my attention. I found that one really interesting. Yeah. You have a part of your brain called the default brain. This is, you can look at this as some people say, you're always going to go back to comfort. This is one of the things the brain does, right? In chiropractic, even what we do, we're trying to upgrade that as much as we can. So your default's better than where it was before, but it's comfort. And so we'll look at your life, no matter what you do, if you ever notice you do something new and first one to three months, you're or one to two months, you're excited. You're like, Oh my goodness. And then by month three, month four, you're kind of like back to where you were. And you're like, what happened? People who are in business notice this. They get into something new. They get really excited. All of a sudden income, they're seeing more sales or seeing things happen. And then over three months, four months, five months, sometimes six, they go right back to where they were. So it's really your comfort level of where you are and your brain's designed to keep you there right? It's always going to do that. It's not a bad thing. Some people want to put a negative to it. And I'm like, no, it's, we wouldn't be here as humans if it wasn't for that. Like you need to know where the saber tooth tiger is and you know, in your brain to stay away from where they are. So that way you survive. So there's a goodness to it, but you, if you start to understand that your brain is always going to put you back there, then it's your job, right? It's a whole mindset trick, if you want to call it that, but it's your job then to say, how do I get uncomfortable every day? How do I challenge myself? How do I become aware? And so I'm not only going to get to that point, but you also know when you're comfortable based on how much you make. You know when you're comfortable based on what you're doing with your relationship. You know you're comfortable based on how you are in your business or your career. You know you're comfortable based on where your health is. You'll know where your comfort level is because you're automatically going to go back there every single time. I see this in, and this is a chiropractic principle where like I tell patients, we're like, I got to fix my posture. I got to do this, right? And I always look at them. I said, don't waste your time. I'm like, what do you mean? But that you got to work the muscles. You got to do this. I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do, because if the brain is not getting the proper information, your brain is telling your posture, this is where it has to be to be normal, right? And so then it's like, we have to change the brain wiring to change your posture. And this is the same thing when it comes to your life. You have to keep challenging yourself. Now it's okay. You make a breakthrough, but you want that new comfort level to be different than where you were before. Use your metrics, use your finances. You know, if you have a partner, 
have conversations. How am I doing this month? Sometimes I'll ask my wife that and I'm like cringing as I ask because, you know, but she's brutally honest and I appreciate that because it helps me become better. But those are things you can use to see where your comfort level is. You'll find it. It's there. And then that's when you become aware, then you can take action to make those changes. Yeah, that's great. So if you're, you know, trying to get uncomfortable all the time, how do you manage that? So you're not pushing and pushing and grinding to the point where you eventually burn out. Cause I think, you know, we've probably all been there. If you listen to this podcast, you've probably had a burnout. I've had a burnout. You've probably had many burnouts. So how do we try to resist that burnout level, especially as entrepreneurs, when you just want to keep pushing and get to that next level? How do you manage that? And you're talking to someone who's a type A driver, personality, task oriented. So trust me, burnout is something I was experiencing a lot of. One of the things I learned, I call it the plateau level. And what that is, is if you look at my, I'm going to use stocks as an example, or just, you know, markets in a general when a stock breaks through a new price, like it finally broke through a ceiling, it gets a new level, and then it's going to come down and find its new support. And as long as it's in a bull market, it will continually do that. It doesn't look textbook all the time, but it will continually do that. In our lives, we need to do the same thing. The, the, the rule and peak performance of the mind is that you need rest, right? That, that's just a rule. I, I've studied many peak performances on the mind, many different athletes, many different neurology studies and research. And, and a lot of times we need more rest than we do anything else. I mean, there's a business coach or executive coach out there who makes over a million a year just teaching entrepreneurs how to take vacations. So there's something to that, right? But the key thing is, is knowing that you get uncomfortable. You'll know you're uncomfortable because your emotions are going to come in, your old pain or your fears or your worries and stuff. And it's like, okay, how do I counter that, right? Because anytime I feel uncomfortable with something, then my, my mind is already trained going, hold up, I'm uncomfortable. Why am I uncomfortable? And I start asking some questions and it's like, all right, let me set, am I ready to take this on now? Or if I have other things going on, right? Staying focused to your vision and what you're doing. And then if I do have the time to take it on, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to address this. I'm going to challenge this. And I create a game plan to go after it. And then I go through the work. And then once I clear, I let the dust settle for a second. I take care of me during the process because sometimes I may be cranking out more than I used to. Sometimes I may have to slow it down. The thing is with entrepreneurs, and I, and I share this because this is my chiropractic background coming in, is that you need to be aware and listen to your body. Anytime you have symptoms, anytime you have, you're not feeling right, your energy's not there, you're off a little bit, you're overdoing it. Your body will never lie and tell you when you're, you are, like, it won't give you symptoms and then just say, no, you're not overdoing it. I just wanted to give you, I wanted to be a, a thorn in your, on your side today. So I'm going to create this for you. It doesn't do that. It's your best friend. It's here to give you this experience called life. And so the key factor is, is when you have these things showed up, you're, you're burning up, you're burning up resources. Take a step, slow down, see where your mindset is, see where your emotions are, have a set daily check-in on where you are and be on, honest. Men don't like to be honest in this way because we're not... And I know how it is in Australia, but I know I'm, 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 I was raised an Italian male. I come from an Italian background. And so it was like, yeah, you don't talk emotions. You don't even get into that stuff. And I had to learn how to break away from that. But it's one of the things where now I always tap in. How am I feeling today? And if I feel like my energy is not where it normally is, then that's already my first flag. I may be overdoing it. Let me slow down. But you want to be very mindful of that because you can. You can be like, I got to this level. Next, let's go. Right. Got to that level. Lex, let's go. And then next thing you know, and this happened to me, you know, four to six months, eight months, a year of that, just keep breaking through levels. Then all of a sudden my back goes out and I'm out for three to five days and I have a two month problem now. And there was always, I had this, I could, I could literally pinpoint, I was like, oh, my back's out. It's been a year of me cranking too much. And it would be, I would look back and I'd be honest with myself. Now it's been four years and I haven't had one of anything and no symptoms of anything because I've been breaking through. I challenge myself. I get through it. 
then I just make sure, am I okay? Let me do some check-ins emotionally. How am I in my relationships? Did I sacrifice anything? Did I lose out on stuff that I'm supposed to be doing? And then from there, if I'm good, then I continue moving forward. If I'm not, I take a step back and say, hey, I did good. This is not a, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Let me take care of me. So then I'm ready to go again next time, even stronger. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. So tell me about how you work with your coaching clients and your coaching program. What can people expect when they come and do some work with you? Yeah, the first thing we focus on, I have a program called the Prosperous Mind Experience. And so what it is, is the first thing we focus on is vision, right? Throughout my life, I was a goal-oriented individual. I set goals, I put a time on it, and I'm going to hit it. And after failing a few times, I'm very hard on myself. So I have very high standards. If I fail, it's my fault. I got to figure out. I didn't do well. What do I have to do next? And so after a while, it caused us a lot of stress. I was growing and I was getting better in my business. I was creating a bigger impact, financially doing better, but I was burned out. And then when I got to the point where I thought financial success was, this can't be everything. Like there's got to be more to this. And so I shifted gears and I went to vision. And I said, you know what, I'm going to set, what's my vision in life? And so the first thing I work on with my clients is in our program is going to be, what is your vision on your life? 30 seconds or less, spew your vision to me, right? And if they can't, and I, it's funny when I challenge people, this is like three minutes, five minutes. And they're, 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 they're like, wait, I, maybe this, or maybe that. And I'm like, you got to get crystal clear on your vision because that's everything you do, right? It's called the path of least resistance. What's the, you know, electricity works this way. That's why we ground our houses with electricity. So if anything ever happened, it will go to the ground. That's the path of least resistance. But in our lives, we do the opposite of that. We, we go to the path of most resistance. And so, and sometimes you don't even know it. You say, here's my vision or here's what I'm doing, but then your actions are different than that. And so you have to tie them all together. So over my experience with universal laws, quantum physics, all that fun stuff, what I learned is that when you set your vision, then, then I have five factors of your life that we work with. All those five have to align with your main vision. If you don't do that, you create incongruencies. And incongruencies is going to create miscommunication. And any miscommunication or a confused mind always says no. So if you're confusing the universe and it doesn't know your clear image of what your vision is, well, guess what? How does it know what to give you? And so we do visualization practices, how we get to that point, we get crystal clear. And I mean, like I said, 30 seconds or less, you got to spew what your life vision mission is, and then the, our vision, and then the same thing there. And then we work off that. And then all of a sudden, we create course of action off the vision so that everything we do in our life is in alignment with that. And when I started doing that in my career, all of a sudden, I wasn't chasing for new patients, I wasn't trying to, you know, whatever, I had an associate work for me. And all of a sudden, he was like, we were looking at our numbers. I'm like, okay, we're a little low this month. All right, let's, let's regroup. And I'm like, all right, we're good. We'll, we'll, we'll see that come back around. He's like, okay, this is the first time he hasn't seen much. So he's like, okay, all of a sudden at the end of the day, I'm like, we get a call. I say, we have our team meeting and all of a sudden it's like, we have five new patients call in. Um, we have two more coming in. We have, you know, we're leaning up the schedule. And he's like, okay, maybe it was a fluke. And I said, okay, maybe it could be. I'm like, I'm not, res- I'm not saying I did this. I'm just like, I have an intention and I said it. And I'm crystal clear. And I'm like, whenever it shows up, it shows up. You see, I don't put ties to things anymore. That's one thing I've learned about divine timing. But long story short, he started to see a pattern of that. And he's like, how are you doing this? And I said, you just have to be crystal clear in your vision. Here's my vision. Here's what I'm doing. There's a 7 point something billion people out there. We serve a population of this much here. I was like, there's gonna be someone who we're gonna gonna attract the person that needs to come here. And he's like, but how do you? And I'm like, I'll teach you. It will happen, but we'll get there. So that's the first part. Then we build habits and strategies of how to build success because my whole program is designed. So your program that we go put people through a coaching program. But one of the biggest things is how do we, you know, I, I recommend I, what I, what my whole tagline is, is that I'm going to double your profits 
while working less and tripling your time with your loved ones. That sounds crazy because in the entrepreneurial world that I grew up in, and you probably heard this too, you got to grind, sweat equity, you got to hustle, all that stuff, right? I've worked, I work 50% less than what I was doing four years ago. And I've, I'm making more than what I've been making before. And what I've learned is that when you get crystal clear on your vision and what you want, and one of my things was, was more time and freedom. So I was like, how can I create a family office? So just a little background in chiropractic. They always, I was always told the family wellness practice, you got to work weekends and you got to work at least five days a week. And you got to work at least 28 to 30 hours. That's what I was always told. And I did that in the beginning. And then I was like, I'm not doing that. I want to live my life. And if I take hits, that's fine, but I'm going to live the life I want to live. It was uncomfortable. I made the choice. I took a 40% hit on my revenues, but then all of a sudden I was working 15 hours a week and in my office for entrepreneurs, you guys know that we do work on the business too, but long story short, 14 hours, 14 and a half hours a week. And all of a sudden I have the lifestyle I want and I have the freedom I want. And so, and I have way more time with my family now. I'm able to do a lot more. And so it's one of those things of how does it happen? Well, you got to start with your vision, right? It was, I was an incongruency. I was working harder, but my vision is to shift and shape the world, help elevate anyone I work with, to raise their consciousness level to the highest we can possibly can so they can share their light to the world. That's my main vision in life. But in my relationship, I wasn't doing that as much because my main focus was business and, and financial success. And so I had to re, I had incongruencies and I had to recorrect those. And once I did, then I was like, I'm telling my wife, how are we doing this? Like, how's this all working out? We get to have date night every week. Well, I, we were consistent anyhow, but now it's like religiously consistent and we're doing all these fun things. How's this happening? So I know I'm kind of going a little on a tangent, but I'm trying to pull that all in together of the process of, of what we do when someone's coaching with us. Yeah, that's great. I love that story as well. And just quickly, um, touch on the the two books you currently have published. If people want to jump on and read a bit about that, what can they expect? Yeah, Rediscover Your Greatness was my first book I wrote in 2018, and it's literally a guide to how to create a fulfilled and inspired life. It's a Bible in a sense. Now, I'm, like, I'm not comparing to the Regener Bible, but what it means is that this is not something you just read once and you're done. This is something that you'll go back to and, and share because it really discovers, first chapter is going to tell you who you really are, right? Who am I? The one question that we ask a lot, I get down to the nitty gritty of everything I've ever learned from spirituality to universal laws and all my journey in that and talking about how you are a creator and you're creating, you're co-creating your own life. I even say you're a God in there because God is a creator and you were born in the self-like image of God. So technically you are, you are God in a sense, not the main one, but you are like that. You are a creator and create your own. And then from there, I break down universal laws and principles. Like we talked about focus. I talk about words and your fabric to reality and your stories and the things you share. So how are you creating your life? And the whole purpose of that is to really get back to understanding how great and amazing you are and how much you can change your life in that way. Um, my second book is called A Walk in the Dark. It couldn't come out any more perfect in time. It came out in October of 2019. And we all know what happened in 2020. We're still in it. But what that book was about is really, you know, I grew up fearing the dark. I was taught, you know, I was, I seen people like not want to deal with pain, not deal with uncomfortableness. So a walk in the dark, you can take the word dark, put it as a challenge, obstacle, hard time, pain in life. It's all the same thing. But what it is, is what we go through, but letting the darkness be your best friend. Too many times we shun away from what is the greatest wisdom we can get. If you look at the greatest people in the world, you listen to their hard stories. You learn that the greatest thing they learned in life was through the hard times, not the good times. And that's a huge nugget. And it was something for me that I had to go through that I challenged. I went through financial bankruptcy and that challenged not only my ego, it broke me down when I had to go through that path. But what taught me was, is what I did to create to get there. 
And what I've done now in my life is I let life guide me instead of me guiding life. And the essence of what I mean is before I would read 80 to 120 books a year, I'd listen to tons of podcasts. I'd listen to videos all day. I'd be just taking all this information I could. And there came a point in my life where I'm like, this is not worth doing because I'm spending so much time and it's great knowledge, but I'm not getting wisdom. And so then all of a sudden I said, I'm gonna let life guide me. And, I'll, and if I don't understand something, I'll go read a book. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll buy a program. I'll do whatever it takes. And what happened is, is I've gained more knowledge now, let's say within one year than what it took five years of reading. And so a walk in the dark embraces, you know, walks you through how to handle the hard emotions. I talk about breath work in there and meditation and give you guidances and reflection to how to dive deeper in. So you can really grasp and take, let go of the reins of what we do in life as humans of certainty and really open up more to the uncertainty. Because really, when you do that, life is transformational. You're more happy, you're more blissful, and you just bring this, this, this essence of who we really are more out to the world, which is your light. And we all know we need more of that. Mm, that's awesome. I love that. How can people connect with you and find out more about what you do? Awesome. You can find me at my website, empoweryourreality.com. You can connect there. I have my social media handles on there, Instagram and Facebook. But if you're on there, you can find me at Dr. Vic Manzo. And then also my podcast, The Mindful Experiment. You can go to mindfulexperiment.com, check that out. Uh, but anyway, if you want to email me, if you DM me, I do respond to those things and, and connect. I'm here. Like I said, my main vision is to help any individual that I get the chance to be with to help in any way, shape, or form raise their consciousness. So that's my main vision in this world. And that, that's how you can get a hold of me. That's absolutely fantastic. I have one final question. And that is from everything that we've talked about today, what is the main takeaway that you want someone to get listening to this episode? Ooh, that's good. If I had to sum everything up, I would say, be careful where you put your attention at. That, that's the main thing, because if you're going to look at the most basic thing, like I said earlier, if you remember this quote, wherever your attention goes is where energy is going to flow. Whenever energy flows, manifestation is going to grow. So if, wherever you're putting your energy at, remember your life, you're in life essence. So anytime you put your intention, you're giving life to something. And once you realize that and you understand that power, now all of a sudden you become the alchemist of your life. You become that spiritual alchemist that you are because now you know I got to be very mindful of where I'm putting attention. I love that. That is a great thing to end the episode on. Vic, it's been so great having you on the show today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Jump on over and listen to Dr. Vic's podcast, The Mindful Experiment. You can find that in the show notes below. Give it a listen and some love. There's always awesome interviews and insights from Vic and his guests. And you can find all those other links that we talked about in the show notes below. It has been such a pleasure to have you join us for another episode of Mindset Mastery. And if you found value in the show today, please pay it forward and send it to one other person who you think will also benefit from everything that we talked about. And you can give us some love by dropping a review so more people just like you can join us on this journey towards Mindset Mastery. Until next time, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited. <laughs>